Hello, everyone, and welcome to the February 9th, 2024 episode of KASB's The Advocate Podcast. I'm Leah Flyter, and I'm joined by Shannon Kimball and our fabulous producer, Alec Madrigal. The legislature is kicking into high gear with bill deadlines looming, so let's just get started. Uh, we had a very busy week this week, uh, especially in the House K-12 Education Budget Committee. It was quite a week there. The first bill that was was heard in House K-12 Ed Budget was uh, House Bill 2612. House Bill 2612 says that a school district would lose its accreditation if it doesn't comply with all state laws, rules, and regulations. KESB opposed this bill because, first of all, it was poorly written. It makes almost no sense, and it it essentially would allow a single individual, a single disgruntled citizen, legislator, lobbyist, to challenge a school district's accreditation, really with no justification or evidence. Wouldn't you agree, Shannon? Yes, there's nothing in the statute that describes what evidentiary standard would have to be met to show that this supposed violation of state law, rule, or regulation happens. And it would it would allow an even an, someone from out of state yeah. to come to the state board, challenge a district's accreditation with an allegation, and trigger a full-scale audit by KSDE of a district just based on that unfounded allegation. It was alarmingly overly broad. Yeah, very poorly drafted. The only proponent of the bill was the Kansas Policy Institute, and their uh, lobbyist who testified at the bill was a former Speaker of the House, Mike O'Neill. He said they did request the bill, and he kind of went through some usual talking points that he has that that bash public schools. But it was very interesting in his oral comments to the legislature. He also he also supported mandatory third grade reading retention for kids in public schools. We push back on that very strongly in our comments to the committee. Third grade reading retention is a personal decision between parents and teachers made in the best interest of a child. Mandatory third grade reading retention would violate Kansas parents' rights over the education of their children. Additionally, there is no research that supports that mandatory retention in the early grade levels, whether it be for reading or any other subject matter, has any kind of educational benefit for students. So we push back on that very firmly in our testimony on the bill. Shannon, is there anything you want to add based on your observations of the pretty contentious hearing on House Bill 2612? Um, yes, actually. I also wanted to share that even the KPI proponent of this legislation that requested it admitted in his testimony um, that the bill was overly broad. You know, I was disappointed that the reason that he gave for having brought this bill to the committee in the first place was he wanted to, quote, start a conversation. Um, you know, these issues are far too important to our local communities, our boards, our parents, um, our students and our teachers than to to throw out something um, this ill thought out and alarming just to, quote, start a conversation. This is not the way to start an effective conversation that supports our local public schools. Thanks, Shannon. I appreciate that. 
So there was another almost as uh, contentious and maybe even more contentious bill hearing later that week in the same committee, K-12 Ed Budget, and that was House Bill 2650. This bill essentially would establish some very arbitrary standards for the education of at-risk students who we all say, we all agree need extra attention. They need the additional support, and we are striving to do that. And we are proud to work hard for Kansas kids. What this bill essentially did, though, was said, hey, if you don't meet those arbitrary standards, we're going to cut your at-risk funding to help at-risk kids. So, of course, KSB testified in strong opposition to this bill. Again, very poorly written. There was some very kind of deep in the weeds uh, discussions about whether the legislature is actually requiring this, whether whether they're ju just, just trying to put in law what the state board already is doing. Shannon, can you add a little bit of context to that? You're, you're our, our fabulous attorney here on the team, and, and you had some really good insights on that um, during the hearing. Sure. At several points, there were committee members who said, well, we're just, we're just putting in the statute what the state board already does. Um, that's a very dangerous precedent to set because, as we know, the state board is uh, a constitutional body that has its own self-executing authorities. That's a little bit of a, a nerdy legal term, but it basically means the state board gets to make decisions about stuff, and that is within their authority. And the legislature is not supposed to be directing the state board as to how to perform their right. core functions. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, every time we have a bill like this one, where um, it codifies into state law something that the state board has adopted either as a policy goal or uh, has put into state board regulations, what that does in effect is it takes away the state board's authority to make decisions about that issue. It now becomes state law and the legislature has made the decision about it. And there seems to be a lack of understanding mm -hmm. um, on the committee um, and by the proponents of this bill um, about the meaning of what they were doing. It was very complex, difficult to, to follow, and um, not a very helpful uh, discussion. Speaking of things that were difficult to follow and not very helpful, there was also an, a rather almost bizarre uh, hearing on special education funding on Tuesday in the House K-12 Education Budget Committee. Uh, you know, a lot of people, let's be honest, had been up late the night before watching a certain college basketball game that went into overtime. And um, and then, you know, they got to 3.30 in the afternoon on Tuesday. They were all dragging. And there was a very complex, and I'm sorry to say, confusing discussion of special education funding how it's distributed, where it came from, and all of that was really in preparation for a hearing that is coming up on Tuesday of next week, and we'll cover more on that in a moment. But there was a complicated spreadsheet, literally 11 by 17 legal paper, that's how big it was, uh, all kinds of data on it. It seemed like the staff was, was attempting in their defense to show how special education state aid is calculated. But Shannon, we had some real concerns about the spending data that was presented on that spreadsheet and explained to legislators. Can you fill us in on that just a little bit? Sure. So for starters, the committee had 
Kansas Legislative Research Department prepare this spreadsheet. Um, I'm confused as to why when there were representatives for the State Department of Education, mm -hmm. who are the experts in this area, in the room for all of these hearings mm -hmm. and discussions this week, why the Kansas Department of Education was not asked to do this work. Because what, what was produced by Kansas Le Legislative Research causes me to have the following concerns, right? So our special education statute, if you read it, there's a part, there's one part of it that said, this is how you figure out how much money should be appropriated for, for special education in the whole state. Mm -hmm. um, and then there's a second part of that statute that says, and this is how the State Department of Education is going to distribute that money to districts. Mm -hmm. well, well, what Kansas Legislative Research did was they took the first part that says this is how you calculate the pot of money for the whole state. And they tried to do that calculation for each district in the state. Mm -hmm. That's not what the statute says. Mm -hmm. And so when I was looking at that spreadsheet, which of course we all got while we were sitting there, you mm -hmm. know, not in advance, no not opportunity advance, to really no time to look at it, to check, to check the data. Um, and I was looking at it and just based on my knowledge from my own local district and the budgeting process, the numbers don't match up. Mm -hmm. And, and I think that that is because they're doing a calculation on that spreadsheet. That is not the calculation that is actually used to distribute the money. Yeah. So it created a, an incredible amount of confusion for the legislators on the committee because it was being described as showing that some districts are getting way overfunded and some does. And that's you know meaning that other districts aren't getting as much money as they need when we know that no district in the state is being overfunded for special education. So so I, you know, I'm really concerned about mm -hmm the way that this was pre presented, especially because now we're going to have a hearing next week on right. a bill that make, wants to make changes to this statute that nobody really understood after the hearing. It's, you know, it's, it was concerning too, because, you know, the legislative research staff and their, their colleagues in the legislative revisor staff, they do excellent nonpartisan work for the legislature, but, you know, they are given direction by the committee chairs, you know, please fill out, you know, make a spreadsheet that shows this, you know, and so it's, it's concerning that it seems like this was kind of a, a disinformation kind of thing. I'd, you know, I don't know, but it, it was uh, in defense of the staff. I think they did what they were told, uh, whether that was the right thing to do. I think we all need to, to take a look at that. So, um, we're going to cover special education funding uh, in more detail here in, in a little bit in the podcast, but I want to switch gears just a little bit and cover some action that took place in the Senate Education Committee this past week on a couple of other hot hot topics, uh, open enrollment and uh, using current year enrollment to calculate your state aid. Uh, Shannon, can you can you review for us real quick what happened in the Senate Education Committee this past week? Sure. So Senate Education Committee worked those two bills and passed them out to the to the full Senate, but they made some amendments mm -hmm. to the bills that were heard in hearing. So on Senate Bill 387, which is the open enrollment fix bill, that's the one that in its original form said that students that are currently enrolled in your districts this year would get to stay in your district next year without having to go through an open enrollment lottery. Um, so pretty straightforward. 
Uh, that one was amended in committee, um, an amendment that was brought forward by Senator uh, Renee Erickson that would place a, an additional deadline in the statute that districts have to notify families of the decision on an open enrollment Mm -hmm. application no later than July 30th of each year. And then also it creates an appeals process. So if an open enrollment request is denied, there now has to be uh, an appeals process in place where the, the applying family could appeal first to the local board of education and then to the state board of education. What that would look like in practice is unclear because it's, it's, I think, left to the state board and local districts to create policies around how those appeals would be handled. Um, but that, that's what the bill was changed to include um, coming out of that committee. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, the other bill, Senate Bill 386, which is the bill that includes funding districts on either their current year enrollment or their one, a one-year look back for their enrollment, was amended to strike some language that KASB had requested be stricken from the bill. So thank you to Senator Dinah Sykes for making that proposal in committee. It was accepted. And it took out the language that said that if you you are a district that closed an attendance center in the prior year, that you would have to use only your current year enrollment to calculate your funding. Um, we had suggested in our testimony to the committee that that was, that, that was unnecessarily harsh on districts, particularly if they are a declining enrollment district that is closing a building to be more responsible and efficient with um, more limited funding, um, you still need time to plan. Those decisions don't necessarily mean you're you're serving a, a great deal fewer students, and it just would not be it wouldn't be good for the districts who the kids remaining in your district, frankly, mm-hmm. to make that kind of harsh funding decision because you're trying to be responsible with your resources. So those two bills are headed to the Senate floor and we'll, we'll see where they go. All right. Thanks. Okay. So headed into next week, as I said, next week is going to be even busier than the past week. And the, and I think the, uh, the main thing we want to talk about here in our podcast now is this uh, hearing on Tuesday afternoon at 3.30 PM in the K-12 education budget committee on House Bill 2738. I'm calling this kind of the sped shenanigans bill, or you could call it counting all the money as sped money bill, or you could call it counting the couch cushion change as sped funding. However you want to phrase it, this is a case of legislative leadership attempting to shirk its legal responsibility to Kansas kids to fully fund special education. Regardless of how the the legislature tries to count the couch cushion money, Kansas school districts know how SPED shortfalls are hurting all Kansas students. If the state legislature does not fully fund special education at the legal 92% requirement, all of our school districts have to backfill funding from the general fund to provide services to special education children. Now, what we hear some people say is, hey, why are we worried about it? You know, special education, that is for kids with special needs and for gifted kids in Kansas. That's a legal mandate. Those kids are getting those services. So why are you so worried about this alleged underfunding? Well, the point is, yes, those are legally required services for kids with special needs and for gifted children. If they are not provided districts can be sued. And so what are we going to do if we are not getting enough funding from the legislature for special education, 
for those mandatory services, districts must then take away general fund money that should be allocated to all Kansas students and their education in order to provide that funding for special ed. And so I want to, I want us all to be very aware of what's going on here. This is an attempt by the legislature to shirk its legal duty to not only the special education kids in Kansas, but all Kansas public school students. And so testimony on this bill is due at 10 a.m. on Monday morning. I would urge anybody who's able to, to either submit written testimony in opposition to this bill or arrange to testify in person on Tuesday at 3.30 p.m. in Topeka. This is an attempt to get around the legislature's own law that said we will establish a special education task force that will carefully study this issue and perhaps suggest some ways in which we could change our special education funding formula. That task force only met once under duress for about three hours. There has been no thoughtful study of this formula. And this is essentially an, an end run around the law to try to promote this false narrative that the legislature is fully funding special education when it is not doing so. And failure to provide full special education funding hurts all of the kids in Kansas public schools. Shannon, anything you want to add about this testimony in this hearing? Well, I will wholeheartedly second everything you just said, and um, and I, I will share with our listeners, you know, this bill, if you go and look at it, is extremely hard to understand. But the bottom line is this, it double and triple counts money mm -hmm. that is already allocated for other uses and tries to say that that counts towards the legislature's obligation to fully fund special education. And at the very bottom line, if this bill were to become law, there would be no more money for special education this year or ever, according to how the bill is written. And that means that in future years, as districts get more special education students, have more needs that they need to cover, there would be no more special education money um, that would be generated under the formula for those needs. And um, it would just be then on the backs of local districts to try to figure out how to address that and the ultimate damage that that would do would be to every student in all of our public schools. Can't emphasize enough how important it is for our listeners to engage with their legislators and for, especially with the legislators on the K-12 Education Budget Committee on this issue. Yes, if you want to submit testimony, you, would you need to submit it by 10 a.m. on Monday. So that would be Monday, February 12th. The email address for that is k.12.budget at house.ks.gov. You would want to submit a PDF of any testimony that you wish to submit, and you should note whether you want to be written testimony or whether you want to appear in person. Send the PDF to that email address and plan to watch when that hearing is live streamed at 3.30 p.m. on Tuesday, February 13th. 
Okay, as if that weren't enough, we have a couple of other, uh, I would say probably high profile bills that we're going to testify on next week in the House Education Committee. Shannon, could you cover uh, what we believe our position will be on a bill on cell phones and a bill on uh, public school libraries? Sure thing. So House Bill 2641 is a bill that would ban cell phones in public school schools. You know, we're going to testify that we believe that local boards already have the tools that they need to effectively manage the, the impacts of this kind of technology or other new technology in their classrooms. Districts are addressing it, and we need to be able to work with our parents and our local communities to make these decisions in a way that makes the most sense for our students, for our parents, and for our buildings. So that'll be the emphasis of our testimony on that bill. Um, that same day, there's a, a hearing on a bill, HB 2700, which would create create a state level task force um, charged with creating a rating system for library books in public school libraries. Our concern here is that uh, we already have policies in local districts. We employ experts in this area, content area experts, as well as library media specialists who are, who are trained at choosing materials for our school libraries that meet the educational and developmental needs of the age group of students that those libraries are serving. This task force would basically kind of be an end run around that to say, well, we're going to, we're going to rate these books for you and tell you whether they're good or not. You know, frankly, parents already have resources available to them if they want to find out information about books that their students are reading or would like to check out of a local public library, the policy structure in place in local districts. All districts have policies that deal with how to address concerns by, pat by patrons, parents, and, and students about library media materials. Mm -hmm. um, and ultimately, um, you know, this kind of bill leads to a situation where a perhaps a vocal minority mm -hmm. of, of people in a district um, are being allowed to try to determine what other parents' kids have access to in public school libraries. And that's just not okay. You know, that infringes on everybody's parental authority. These decisions need to be left to families working with their kids and not to a state-level task force. So that, that's, that's what we are going to share with the committee next week. Um, it should be an interesting hearing. Thanks, Shannon. You know, folks, this is all we have time for this week. We've covered quite a bit on this uh, podcast. For our listeners who support Kansas Public Schools, this is your call to action to head out this weekend to those legislative coffees and share the great things that are happening in your school district. Talk about how you use at-risk funding to help the neediest kids in our districts. Talk about how your special education programs do great things but need to be fully funded so that you can do great things for all Kansas kids. Please stay tuned as the legislature acts next week. Follow us every night on Facebook Live as we update you on daily uh, happenings. And we'll talk to you next week in another edition of the Advocate Podcast from KASB. Thanks again to Shannon Kimball and Alec Madrigal. Have a great weekend, everyone.